Welcome to the Living Parables Podcast, where we go in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through the sanctifying work of God's Holy Word. I'm Nate, your host. To all listeners tuning in, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I appreciate all of you. And now let us begin. I'd like to welcome you back to a brand new week, brand new episode, a brand new bonus episode. I know that we have just started the Jane's book study and trust you when I tell you that you're in for such a wonderful spiritual delight in this book that will help you in your walk with the Lord. But I decided to make this episode for a couple of reasons. And this study kind of came out to be really just out of nowhere. And I'll kind of give you the background for it. So about a month ago, I decided to set up a time at school for prayer. So we get done at four o'clock and I decided to have a prayer meeting in my room and I don't want to get in the details of it, but uh, there are people in my building right now that are going through some really, really difficult things and it's just hard. And so I, I offered them at this time to, to pray, and it doesn't come as a surprise because about 50 people saw the message I sent out, and not one person showed up. And again, you know, back when I was younger, I would probably be a little more upset with those things, but, you know, there's a lot of things. Maybe people had intentions of coming and they just forgot. Regardless, I I want to do this episode today because this is the actual mini devotion I was going to give before we prayed. And I was thinking to myself, not what do people need to hear, and what do they want to hear? But what do I need to hear as a believer? Because we could easily twist the scriptures to make it sound more pleasant for unbelievers. We could do that. But you and I both know very well that here on the Living Parables podcast, we don't do that. And so we are people that exalt the Word of God, His truth. And we just hope that people come and join us on this path. And if they do, that's wonderful. If they don't, we are still going to pray for them and hope that they come in repentance to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it's not, it's not so much that I need a following, because I don't, but I want to come 
to a point where I am inviting people to follow with me. There's a difference. I'm not inviting people to follow me. I'm inviting people to follow Jesus with me. And, you know, sometimes I, I got a, a head start. And there are people in the faith that are, that are deeper than myself. And so it's, it's incredibly important to, to just start. And we have the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. So we actually have God himself dwelling within us. And he will teach you the things that you need to know. He will remind you of those things. He will give you the right words to say. He will translate your prayer into something of what it is actually, you're actually trying to say. I've done that before where I've prayed a prayer and I, I am literally all over the place. It doesn't make any sense even when I'm saying it out loud. And the Holy Spirit's so good. He says, I got you, man. I'll take, I'll take good care of you. And, you know, Father, this is what this is what Nate's trying to say. And thank goodness um, we have the Holy Spirit who does those things and intercedes for us on our behalf. But the study and honestly, even while I'm recording this right now. This is just a study to encourage you. And we all need encouragement. So a few things that we've talked about on the show that will be familiar to you and others will be like a really great reminder. So the first place where my heart needs to be is Galatians 6, 2 through 5. So please turn there now. Galatians 6, 2 through 5. And here's what it says in verse 2. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Verse 3 says, And if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. I mean, how about that? Those first two verses. And so if you are getting to a position where you're going to start teaching the Word of God, you need to be humble before. You need to understand that the, the study that you're about ready to, to do, the words you're about ready to speak, are, are going to be held against you in a more stricter way. So when you do a study like this, or any study for that matter, understand that your words, your teachings of the teacher are going to be weighed on the balances of judgment, and it better be done accurately. So we are told to accurately handle the word of truth. We need to rightly do so. But we are to bear one another's burdens because there are things in this life that we must handle on our own. That's why Galatians 6, 2 through 5 is so important because Verse 4 says, but each one must examine his own work, and then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone, which we're not supposed to boast, and not in regard to another. Now listen to verse 5. For each one will bear his own load. So there are certain 
responsibilities that we are going to be held accountable for. We're not going to assume the responsibility for others' behavior, but we come alongside them lightening the load. And that's a true ministry of presence. And if there is opportunity, we speak life and truth through the word of God to them. But we're supposed to come alongside people. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do the prayer group at, at school, because there are, there, are just, there are so many people hurting right now. And there is only one way to relieve themselves of it, and that's through Christ. And <laughs> I just... I had, I had so many things I wanted to say to people and you know that at that point it can become overwhelming but if you don't have faith in God then what do you have faith in yourself faith in other people because I'll let, I'll let you know this right now and most of you know this very well that faith in yourself is that's a dead end and that's not like a that's not a dead end where you turn down the street and it's a long dead end. I mean, as soon as you turn, you're like right facing the wall. It's, it doesn't do you any good. People, though, people can come off as trustworthy and reliable. But eventually, and I, I hate to say this because it's so true because of our nature, we're going to let each other down. I, I've, let, I've let my family down. I've let my friends down, I've let my brothers down, I've let everybody that I know down at some point. And I don't say that to to brag on it, because that's not a bragging thing, but I, I say that to my shame, because I'm not somebody that that can save, I'm not somebody that can sustain, I'm not someone that can restore. God is the only one that has that capability. And only He can renew a heart, only He can take a shattered, broken heart make it whole again but we are the ones that are acting as his ambassadors we are his disciples we speak in a in a in a way on his behalf so the purpose of the study was to first and foremost let them know that whatever viewpoint they have on God, that first off, there is a God, and that you are here for a purpose, and God loves you, and God, who created all things, desires to have an intimate, personal relationship with you, and that is to be taken with an attitude of the utmost respect and privilege. And it blows me away to this day, but Romans 2, 4, the goodness and kindness of God leads us to repentance. That really has changed my outlook on how I go about things with people. Because if God continues to show even, even the worst of sinners, if he shows them kindness and goodness, that, that should stir within our souls and, and make us repent and turn to Him in faith, then why aren't I doing that? Now, there's some people in our lives that 
man, no matter what you do, no matter what nice thing you do, no matter how selfless you are, they're going to take advantage of it tenfold and they're going to, they're going to just keep keeping it on. Does that mean that we stop? No. We must always be focused on those things. So the kindness of God leads us to repentance. Let that sink in. Let that stay with you. And there's three encouragements today that I was going to leave these people with. I'm going to leave them with you. Three encouragements I want you to know today. It's a bonus episode. Take it. Put it in your heart. Hold it there. Because these are not just for unbelievers who are going through a difficult time, but these are for believers who are walking in the faith. Sometimes their faith grows a little weary. Sometimes the things of this life hit us, and they hit us over and over and over again. And before we get into these three encouragements, I'm just going to tell you right now. Now, this is recorded the week of November 7th, and specifically I'm recording it on Friday the 10th. But I'm going to tell you right now, that, that week was rough. It was rough. Um, it's starting to get better today, but I felt alone. There's a lot of sickness going around, a lot of heavy things at work. Um, people I haven't talked to in a while, um, just it's kind of radio silence. And it gets hard when you feel like you're alone. And then I have to remind myself of the scriptures. God is never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. And some of these things, I'm just going to be honest, some of these things I make up in my own head too. So that's why we, have, we cannot listen to our own voice in our head because that's the heart, that deceptive heart. And Satan tries to work on you. He wants you isolated. He wants you preoccupied on anything other than Christ. And so during this time, I'll just say that I've thankfully have... I. You know, I kind of slipped a little bit into uh, feeling sorry for myself, but we're, we're in a better spot. And so whatever life throws at you, understand that our God is bigger than that, that God is going to help us through that all, through everything that we have. So encouragement number one comes in Psalm 34, not the whole entire chapter, but just a few. I am going to cherry pick verses today. So listen to verse four, four, six, and seven. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. And in verse seven, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. That should encourage us today. If we seek out the Lord, he will answer you. But I'm going to tell you right now, the answer may be no. I mean, it may be no. And that should not come as a surprise to us. But here's what he does. 
He does save us from our troubles. And I'm not sure if it's an angel or angels, but regardless, in verse 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. There is a spiritual battle afoot. We've talked about this before in Ephesians 6, 12. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, right? And we're in a deep, dark, spiritual battle. And there are times where we need hope. We need reviving. We need restoration. And that comes through his word. But we have, we have allies around us, angels that will come and help and uplift us. And you know what? Sometimes people... Sometimes people just speak truth in our lives, don't they? What a wonderful blessing that is. And I'll tell you right now, it feels it feels like sometimes that there are so many people out there that just don't want anything to do with anybody else. They want to be alone they want to be isolated and i'm just going to tell you you're not alone you're not alone god goes with you every step of the way but he does send people in your life to encourage you so if you're a person that's sitting there saying well no one's encouraging me i'm sitting here by myself and no one cares god cares and he will send people to check on you but also, it isn't about you. I've had that attitude myself where, oh, no one's checking on me. I, I check on everybody else, but no one checks on me. Well, you're viewing everybody else like they're supposed to be, you know, bowing down to your feet and checking, you know, and seeing if you're good. But the God who created all things is concerned and he cares about you. Just cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Um, hello, you have, you have God, you don't need anybody else, but it's, it is nice to get that encouragement from people because all of us are fighting secret battles that we don't share with most people. So if you are not receiving the encouragement, then you go encourage. How about that? If you are not receiving the encouragement, you go encourage. Because everybody needs encouragement. Matter of fact, a bonus scripture here, uh, Hebrews 3.13 and 14 says, But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our assurance firm until the end. So it's right there. That That is a... That is a command. We, we must encourage one another. So the question I will pose to you, believer, is when was the last time you encouraged somebody? And let me just say this. It takes, what, 10 seconds to send a text saying, hey, I appreciate you. I thank you for all, you, all that you do. I'm praying for you. I'm here if you need anything. Thank you for all the things that you do. I mean, it's really not that hard, is it? No. So go do it. 
Matter of fact, I'm going to challenge myself. As soon as I get done with this episode, I'm going to go send a message out and encourage somebody today. So encouragement, number one, ends with an invitation and with some truth. Verse 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Do you take refuge in the Lord? Is he your safe place? Or is, is he someone you're taking advantage of that you're out in the world partying up, living it up, and then when there's, you know, once you're done all that sinning and then here comes the consequence, then you run to him? I don't think so. We come to him always because he is our safe place. He is our salvation. Verses 17, 18, 19 says, The righteous cry and the Lord hears and delivers him out of all their trouble. See, it's something I would not tell those people is the unrighteous, God doesn't hear their prayer. Now, if it is a, aligned with God's will, then he will hear it. But that's a tough thing to hear. What did Jesus say in Matthew 7? If we don't have an intimate relationship with him, I don't know who you are. I don't know you. I have people that I have that are acquaintances, and if they were to come up to me and ask to, hey, uh, can you do this huge big favor for me, and and uh, can I can I ask you to stay at my house and and watch, you know, the dogs while I go on vacation? I'm like, I don't know you like that. Or you know, when you barely meet somebody, and they say, yeah, you can have the kids over anytime. I, I don't even know who you are. I mean, thanks for the offer, but I don't know who you are. This is what we're talking about. And don't get me wrong. God knows exactly who you are. He knows every intimate detail. He even knows the number of hairs on your head. The question is, do we know Jesus that way? Do we know him that intimately? That's the question. But the promise is, is the Lord hears the righteous's prayer. But he and he here's the the reality. This is the truth. This is what we need to hold on to. He delivers them out of all their troubles, all their troubles. Now, does he pluck you out right away? No, we're going to get to that later. And this is the truth here. Listen to eighteen nineteen. It's so powerful. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So, encouragement number one, God delivers the righteous out of all their troubles. That's a promise. Let me say something. It may not be for a while, though. That doesn't mean instantaneous. And I don't want to jump to encouragement uh, number three, but or yeah, number three. But uh, let me tell you something. It, he gives you the grace to endure. I'll just put it that way. Encouragement number two comes in Matthew eleven twenty eight through thirty. This is the here. Here is an invitation. Here is the invitation. Jesus says in verse twenty eight. 
Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and you will learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Here's the invitation. Come to Christ. That's where you're going to find encouragement, rest, peace, joy, and above all that, salvation. The word weary here in verse 28 means physical and emotional and it's spiritual exhaustion. You are completely depleted. Heavy laden is, is our load. We must all carry a load. That it's, it weighs us down. The day-to-day burdens of this life that we are responsible for weigh us down. And there are some of us who are stronger than others. Some of us can carry it, you know, 10 miles. Some of us can carry it one mile. But what we all have in common is we're all going to break down. We're all going to crack and buckle under the weight. But here's the promise. If you come to him, he's going to give you that rest. And that rest means to refresh, to give rest after the work has been done. And he says, take my yoke upon you. And we all know what a yoke is. No, it's not in the middle of an egg. But the yoke is that wooden bar that joins a pair of animals so they can pull it together. Just like Simon of Cyrene helped Jesus carry his cross, Jesus helps us carry our cross. We must deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him, right? He helps us through that. We work together as one. And here's the promise. He, he's going to give you rest for your souls. And his yoke is easy and his burden is light. The world's is the exact opposite. So there's your invitation. Come to Christ. That's where you're going to find rest for your souls. And I've often wondered in the past why we have to go through such trials. And here's a few truths that you need to know. One of the reasons why we must go through these trials, it's because it's a natural consequence of sin that came in the world through Adam's disobedience, sicknesses, whatever. Those are natural consequences from sin. The second reason is God is weaning us off of this world into full reliance upon Him. Think about the, the trials that you go through. It leaves you feeling empty and powerless with no sense of control. And you're thinking, what am I supposed to do? Well, your soul yearns to have its Creator comfort it. But our flesh gets in the way. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. That flesh is weak, people. So we have, we have to deny ourselves and come after Christ. 
but he is weaning us off this world into full reliance upon him. And, and then the third reason is God's trying to get our attention. This life isn't the end-all, be-all of our existence. There's so much more. True joy, peace, satisfaction, and salvation is found solely in Jesus Christ alone. While we focus on our physical health so much, the question is, is how is our spiritual life with God? So the second encouragement is... Jesus Christ is our rest. He is the answer. I mean, if we we could have broke this down and saying, Jesus is all you need, let's pray, amen. That's it. But it, there's more to it. There's depth. Here's the third and final encouragement. God gives us sufficient grace. And I'm telling you right now, if you're a young believer, that is that we're not talking about age here. We're talking about maturity. If you're young in the faith, I don't care if you're 70 years old and you're a baby Christian, we all have to grow up in Christ. Let me tell you something. This grace, the deeper you go into Christ, the more this grace abounds it in importance. And... It is so valuable, so precious, and so, so needed. And you know where I'm going with this. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Jesus said, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. So we're going to exposit this verse. So we have a better understanding of what it means. Now, grace here, as we know, is unmerited favor. It's getting something that we don't deserve. But it I, I've read over this so many times, but this word grace here has another deeper meaning. Listen to it. It means to freely extend to give himself away to all people because Jesus is always leaning towards them. And when I read that, I'm like, what? Je Think of this for a minute. Jesus is freely extending himself freely away to people, and not just people, all people. All races, every person on this earth, male, female, different nationalities, it doesn't matter because he's always leaning towards them anyway. And it led me to Revelation 3.20. I stand at the door and knock. Jesus cannot wait for us to put our trust and faith in him. He can't wait. And I equated that to the prodigal son. Remember the father? Remember that story? He was waiting every single moment of every single day for his son to return. It wasn't like the, the father looked up occasionally from his work and go, oh, he's not back yet. He'll, he'll be back soon. 
He waited every day, stared down that pathway, hoping that his son comes to his senses, repents, and turns to him, turns back to him, I should say. And then when he finally did, what did he do? He's like, well, yeah, wait, till I, wait till I get my hands on him. No, he ran to him, hugged him, kissed him, put his robe in, around him, put his finger um, out, put the ring on the finger, embraced him and brought him back in. And that boy didn't even get all of his speech out. Because it's not about what we do, it's about who we believe in. Because who we believe in then turns into what we do. So it's not what we do that gets us salvation, it's who we believe in, and who we believe in transforms us, and then it, it, it compels us to go out and obey. We, and we obey not because of, of fear, of deathly fear that we're, we're going to get squashed and smashed, but it's fear out of reverence. It's fear out of the, the, the magnitude of God, the glory of God. We don't obey because we fear him. We, f- we obey him because we love him. We're, we are a grateful people that God who created all things seeks us out. And that when we turn in faith to him, it's like, how can this be? That's why we sing Amazing Grace. So that grace is unmerited favor for sure. But it's freely extended to give himself away to people because he is always leaning towards them. He gives us multiple opportunities through our life to put our trust and faith in. He gives you plenty of time. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you that right now. Do not sit there and say, well, well, I, I wish God, God needs to give people more time. God gives people plenty of time to seek him to repent and turn to him for eternal life. Plenty of time. Gives people years and years and years. But that's grace. My grace is sufficient. Sufficient means enough. Fully satisfied content. His grace is enough for us. But the world tells us we need more, doesn't it? My grace is sufficient for you for power. Power here is through God's ability needed through all of life to grow in sanctification and preparation for heaven. That's what that power means. Is perfected. Perfected is finished, accomplished. And this is something that that you need to know about this word perfected because I was given... A wonderful example on this and it makes perfect sense but the example is the unfolding of a pirate's scope you know it kind of folds in and it has compartments well that's what it is it's perfected our life everybody is in stages of sanctification and once it is fully extended out that's the end of our life we, we see clearly 
And we will see Jesus face to face. But every compartment that comes out of that telescope is another part of our life we see a little more clearly, a little more clearly, a little more clearly. We are sanctified deeper and made conformed to the image of Jesus Christ more and more and more. We go from glory to glory until we see him. And then weakness. For power is perfected in weakness. And that weakness means an ailment which deprives, weakening influences of the illness or a problem, especially when one becomes wrongly dependent. Ouch. So it gives, it gives us a clear understanding of what St. Corinthians 12.9 says. You know, we uh, talked about this earlier, but many times we want God to pluck us out of these problems. God, take it fully away. Get it out of my life. And unfortunately, I have to tell you, that's not always the case. The Apostle Paul asked God to take away his problem, the thorn in his side. And this is where 2 Corinthians 12.9 comes in. God doesn't take away our problems, but he does promise us that if we trust all to him, he will never fail us, he will never forsake us, and although the thorn wasn't taken away, strength was given to bear it. Strength was given to endure it. So without God, we bear things alone, and our strength fails us 10 out of 10 times. So Paul, being such a major impact player of the New Testament and the church, his prayer was given the answer no. It wasn't a no that God's crossed his arms saying, Not, because you did all these terrible things, Paul, now you're going to have to really suffer. So uh, enjoy. That's not what he does. And see, we can't make God out to be like that. You know what he does? Paul, the answer is no, my son. But here's what I'm going to tell you. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfected in weakness. So while you are weak, you really are strong. Because when things are good in life, when everything's perfect, we get this false sense of control and power and that, that we must be doing something right. But when things go bad in the world, our health declines, people get sick, et cetera, et cetera. When those things happen, it weans us off of our own understanding. It weans us off of our dependence on this world. It weans us off our false sense of power and control. And we rely dependently on God, who is the ultimate source of strength and power. So his power is perfected in our weaknesses. We, we have to trust all to him. 
And I'll give you this, this last story found in Luke chapter 8, verse 22 through 25. And this is the exact representation of 2 Corinthians 12, 9 where he says, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. This is the exact representation of Jesus not plucking us out of danger and stressful trials and tribulations, but getting us through. It says in Luke chapter 8, verse 22, Now in one of those days, Jesus and his disciples got into a boat, and he, and he said to them, this is what Jesus said to them, Let us go to the other side of the lake. Now, this, we're talking about the Sea of Galilee, so they launched out. Now, just to give you a little bit of information on the Sea of Galilee, it was about 13 miles long by 7.5 miles wide, and that's at its broadest point. On a good day, it would roughly take about six hours to cross due to the boat's dependency on the wind. So, this isn't no easy trip. This is a long trip. But I want you to remember what Jesus said. Let us go over to the other side. So they're sailing. Everything's going great. Jesus went down below deck, and he decided to go to sleep. Now a fierce gale came upon them. A fierce gale came upon them. And on this lake in particular, this was about par for the course. It's happened a lot, especially where it's at. These uh, winds come come down, and man, they they come in with a with a force. And they began to be swamped and to be in danger. Verse 24 says, they came to Jesus and woke him up saying, Master, Master, we're perishing. We're dying. You can, you can see the scene unfolding. And Jesus got up and he rebuked the wind and, and the surging waves and they stopped and it became calm. And he said to them, where is your faith? Where's your faith at? Is it in the seas? Is it in the wind? Is it on this world? Where's your faith at? Is it in yourself? It should be upon him. What did Jesus say before this gale came up? We're going to go to the other side. Right? So we can think of this fierce gale as the most difficult of trials we could ever go through. And as much fear, confusion, and distress, the disciples forgot his words. We're going to go to the other side. Jesus calmed the storm with the power of his voice. His presence is enough to keep us safe and secure in the midst of the life's fiercest storms. Jesus is telling us this truth, ladies and gentlemen, as we start to close. Listen to my voice, follow me, and I will take you where you need to go. Listen to that again. Jesus is telling us this truth. Listen to my voice, 
follow me and I will take you where you need to go. I will get you to the other side. I will get you through this storm. I will get you through this this health crisis. And let me just say this to the believer. If you're going through a health crisis right now, you may come out the other side well. You may come out of it on the other side dealing with the the after effects, which could be temporary or could be permanent. Or you go home. And what what did Paul say in Philippians? Far better to part and be with Christ, for that is much better. We went either way. The believer's home is not on this earth, and we we get so fixated on this earth. This isn't our home. This isn't our home at all. I will get you where you need to go. And that's not saying, well, I I had a five year plan. I was gonna I was gonna move to Hawaii. That's that's my five year plan. That's not what Jesus is saying. I, I'll get you where you need to go, Nate. I'll, I'll make all these things happen in your life so you can get to Hawaii. That's not what it is. By the way, I don't want to move to Hawaii. But you see what I'm saying? It's where is your spirit at? Are you fixated on the world? When you heard that, when you heard that, I'll get you where you need to go. Oh man, God's going to take me uh, to places. He He wants me to to go to a faraway, beautiful country so I can so I can go do things there. No, to be with Him in heaven. That's where the believer wants to be. I'll tell you right now, the disciples were not expecting this this fierce gale. And the saying goes with us when life unexpectedly turns against us. But whatever comes our way, we trust God because He is faithful, He is reliable, He is trustworthy, and He works everything together for good to those who love Him, who are called according to His purposes. Do you see that last part? His purposes. So the trial you're going through right now may be according to his purposes. It could be a test. Where's your faith at? It's time to put our faith where our mouths are. We say it, we sing it, we lift our hands in worship, but our actions in our life mirroring the words I'm going to leave you this last thing. We're going to, going to close. And I have to leave it like this because this is such a, an astoundingly profound truth that has taken me years to get to this point. So I want you to take it and hold on to it. Never let go. Jesus is telling us, listen to my voice. Follow me. And I will take you where you need to go. I will get you to the other side. Trust me. Because I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. That's the promise we need to hold on to. We can trust him. We can rely on him. He'll get you where you need to go.
So with that being said, I pray that the Lord blesses and keeps you all and gives you peace. And remember, everything is in Christ, with Christ, and for Christ. Until next time, God bless you all.